0: You feel that? You feel that? Vibe! What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Big Baby Jonathan here. Welcome to Big Baby Sports. In today's episode, I got YouTube creator and artist, Tyler Guy, man. Tyler Guy, what's going on, man? Hope all is well with you and the family. What's good, bro? You feel that? Vibe!
1: Big Baby Jonathan, man. Appreciate you having me on the podcast, man. Uh, And also, bro, like I want to tell you, bro, You've been rocking with me you've been supporting me for a real long time, bro. Mm-hmm. I feel like bro, you know, it's only right, man. I've been supporting you and I'm rocking with you. One hundred big baby Jonathan.
0: Big baby baby man. <laughs> you already know the vibes. Baby baby. Yeah, man. Appreciate you, man. I love the energy that you bring on your channel, man. You keep it real and authentic, man. So speaking of your YouTube channel, so tell us about your journey in the YouTube journey that you um you started in December. Six December six, twenty sixteen, man. So tell us about your journey from then until now. Man. My journey is crazy,
1: bro. You know, and I give all thanks to the man above. You feel me? Um, I started, you know, playing video games first. I mean, this this is a really, really, really long story. You want to hear you? You you ready for the story? Yeah, th- yeah. Go ahead. Floor is okay. yours, man. Um, bro, I started in 2016, uh, and then I like I, I was a big fan of Cash Nasty, bro, mm-hmm. and You know, I just watch him, be like, dang, bro, like, cause I was a big fan of video games and like Call Call of Duty, NBA 2K, and Cash. He'll stream and post videos. I'm like, bro, this dude lit, bro. I love to do this for a living, bro. You feel me? So Mm -hmm. I started doing that shit, man, and it was a grind, man. So when I see people starting up now, I just be like, bro, you just gotta keep going, bro, because shit, bro, I I did the shit too, bro. You feel me? Mm -hmm. I, I stuck to the plan. Uh, regardless of the views, regardless of anything, people hate him, none of that. You just got to keep going. You feel me? So kept going with that. Um, randomly, I was going through some tough times, ran in a chart, and mm-hmm. me and him been cool ever since. Mm-hmm. I would, uh, I edit all the videos, bro. We'll go, uh, i Get off work, drive straight to truck house, film. I edit everything. Alan Dixon, what up, bro? Mm-hmm. What's um, up, Alan
0: Dixon? It was good.
1: Um, I, I, I edit everything, bro, and I was just determined, bro. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I was just determined. I was hungry for success and hungry for what I really want. You know, uh, fast forward, I meet Pootie. Never expected in a million years that I moved with him to California. And then I, I I worked my ass off. Almost I'm almost about to hit half a million subscribers, bruh. Started off in Pudi's kitchen. Then we got our own apartment, me sat, frosty, and chart. Then I moved out, got my own penthouse. Now I took my blessing back to Atlanta and now, you no, know, running it up out here.
0: Yeah, man. Love the video I love the journey that you're on, man. And my first video of you was you uh, about to whoop charts about to whoop Chark because he, he broke your uh he said he broke your call of duty. Oh, you know? man, that was a yeah. long time ago. That's when I was still living with my mama. Yeah, I remember that. And you were you were like, um, mama, if he's for real, I'm about to go off on him. And I saw that, like, energy. I was like, okay, let's run it. And ever since then, I've been following you, man. You know, yeah. I love the energy that you bring. You keep it real. And I love the pranks that you do, you know. I love the music that you do. So speaking of your music, tell us about your new project that you're working on. Man, Lost Volume 2, man. As you know,
1: man, we had Lost Volume 1 already dropped. Mm-hmm. Like we lost Volume One. That was my first project. First and anything that I ever posted, it was there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then we came out when You Fit a Vibe, mm-hmm. and that's when like I started really like feeling my vibe. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, bro, I'm actually, I'm actually smooth with this shit. So I'm taking this more serious. So you know, I always say for that vibe because I feel like, mm-hmm. bro, in life, man, you always need to be on your vibe. You feel me? Mm-hmm. You always need to be on your vibe. Like always, need to be in good spirits, positive energy, bro. Just always need to be on your vibe. So, the name that you feel the vibe because when you play it, you feel the vibe. And then, mm-hmm. after Lost Volume Two, bro, it's a pushover, a little push off of uh, Lost Volume One. And this one right here, bro, I put a lot into this, bro. Like it's a lot of real emotion, a lot of real pain, a lot of real happiness, a lot of real vibe. It's a lot of it's a lot of everything, bro. I'm excited for the world
0: here. Yeah, man, looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a great uh, a great 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 album, man. I'm excited for it. I love the music that you put out. You know, blue cheese, with some salad dressing? Promise on my made their pray to God in heaven when the rains it pours, you know, that song and you know just all the other ones that you posted, man. I love I love your music, man. Keep up the great man, work. I appreciate it. That mm-hmm. my
1: music, bro. I try to make it for therapeutic reasons, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, if I'm upset, bro, I can listen to my own music. Uh, that can get me in a better, better mood. I got songs that can literally make
0: me feel better, like that, you know. So that's dope. Okay. What What advice would you have for somebody that's trying to start a YouTube?
1: Uh, some advice, bro. Honestly, bro, stick to the plan. I know as a cliche as it sounds, mm-hmm. bro you got to stick to the plan, bro, because you only got one life. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Do what you want to do with your life, bro. Don't settle for less, man. If you got to have a job and do chase your dreams, bro, do that. It ain't nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I feel like social media nowadays, it make you feel like you got to have all this extra shit and you got to have this and everything got to be so perfect mm-hmm. to do something, but in reality, bro, you just gotta do it, bro. Your quality will come with the quantity. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The, the more, the more shit you putting out, your quality gonna get better. You know, your editing gonna get better. Uh, everything's gonna get better. So I really, it's just practice, bro. It's like Kobe in the gym, shoot thousand shots a day, bro. Thousands mm-hmm. of shots. You gotta shoot, shoot your shots with uh, YouTube stuff too, man. You Just
0: gotta keep shooting. Yep, that's what I'm doing, man. I keep shooting, man, and then keep shooting. You know, if I miss, keep shooting, man. Because one of my goals was in 2020. Hold on, Jonathan, hey, hold on. do that form one more
1: time. I, I don't think that's going in, bro.
0: You don't think so? Nah. No, I I got a jumper, bro. I got a jumper.
1: I got that jumper.
0: <laughs> nah, man. I I'll let you shoot.
1: You said what? Well, you let uh, me shoot?
0: Yeah, Jonathan, you actually your goddamn mind, bro. Hey, man, it's called it's called uh, competitiveness, man. I'll let you shoot. You know. I'm big. I'm, I'm 290. I'm barbecue chicken like Shaq. Hey,
1: look, man. You could be 290, 295, 50. Don't matter. I tote that semi
0: with me. <laughs> nah, I, I, you. got you got a jumper, man. It's all love, man. But, but uh, switching gears now, Um, as you can see behind me, I'm a big-time, big-time Laker fan, man. So tell us, in your personal opinion, do you see the Lakers getting challenged out of the West at all?
1: Dude, the Lakers are freaking stacks, bro. Like... This is the best NBA team. Yeah, I me mean, we need to run that 1v1, Big Baby Johnson. I'm a I I skunk you, but we can run that. Um but like I was saying, man, uh the Lakers are stacked. I've never seen an NBA team this good. Mm-hmm. You know, serious in my opinion. I like the Warriors don't stand a chance. Like a like heck no. Especially even them with KD, bro. Mm-hmm. Like the Lakers are stacked, bro. Look, we got Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Ron James added Mark Gasol, defensive play, one of the uh, Defended Defensive Players of the Year. Mm-hmm. So he has the IQ. You know, he knows what he's doing. Dennis Gorder, you know, mm-hmm. shout out to him, bro. He used to be on Atlanta Hawks, bro. You know, shout out to him. He's a really good, smart, uh, playing hard guard. Mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma, Montrell, Alex Caruso, Quinn Cook, Marquise Morris, stats, bro. Stacked, bro. Mhm.
0: Back, but I do miss Rondo. Yeah, um, I yeah, I do miss Rondo. But we got shooter. Alex Gruska play at the highest level, man. THC talent, Tucker's talented. You know, we got we got the best record in the NBA, eight and three. You know, um, uh, Demarcus Cousins and Morris are about to fight. You know, so Morris brings that tough energy, that grit, that grind, and nobody nobody can stop LeBron AD. I know they got the Clippers. They say Clippers have the talent to do it, but Clippers will always be choking up in the playoffs, man. You know? I don't
1: think no team
0: in the West can, can compete with uh, the Lakers. But we'll, speaking of that, uh, let's go flip over to the East. What's your thoughts on Brooklyn this year so far? Uh, Brooklyn, man? Mm. Huge fan of Carousel Burke, bro. Mm-hmm.
1: I love his game. A lot of people say we look looking like. But if mm-hmm. you didn't know, bro, I actually put on a Carousel Burke jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime they're playing, that's really me playing, but – yeah, I feel- KD, Kyrie, two amazing guards, man. Mm-hmm. No, I don't even look at KD as a big bro. KD is a guard. You know he can do it all. It's kind of tough seeing to mess up because I feel like KD is a star, bro. He know that. Mm-hmm. And Kyrie also is a star. It's like damn, like that's tough to balance, man. They both want. They both superstars. And to be honest, bro. I think they, I I love their game, but I think they play selfish, bro.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree 100%. And uh, Kyrie's already sitting out of games, and he sat out a game, texted teammates, but didn't text his coach. So that's like rubbing the coach the wrong way. And, you know, we'll see about KD and Kyrie. Like, will KD stay healthy? You know, Kyrie, you know, I know they got a um, bunch of good role players over there, but if it's in the seven-game series, Lakers and Brooklyn Nets, no one's going to guard. Who's going to guard AD in the post? One-on-one. Kevin Durant can't. Nobody. So I feel like the Lakers are going to win the championship. But we have to go out there and see. But you know. that,
1: Hold on, Jonathan.
0: That's if they get by everybody else in the East.
1: Yeah. You're not even thinking about... um. Boston. You're, you're not even thinking about Philly.
0: Oh, yeah, Philly. Yeah, Philly. Because they have my boy, Dwight. Shout out to Dwight. They have Dwight. Ben Simmons. But I just think Ben Simmons can't shoot, though. That don't
1: matter. He. That don't matter. Jonathan, you got the 76ers, the Celtics,
0: mm-hmm. Pacers, the Bucs. I'm not high on the Bucks. They get to dip every year, and Giannis Antetokounmpo shrinks up in the playoffs. Just close the lane on them. That's simple. If you want to beat Milwaukee, just close the lane with great defenders. Let them shoot. Let them what try to beat you from the mid-range. was the Wizards? Do you think the Wizards? You, you said they got better? I thought they were going to be better. Yeah. Yeah, Westbrook and Bradley Beal, Thomas Bryant. You know, they got great players. But, you know, the East is tough, man. East is tough this season, man. Really tough, you know. Yeah. Boston, too, they got Jason Tatum, you know. Jalen Brown. Yeah, Jalen Brown. I, I was going to say Alford, but he got traded to the Thunder, you know. Yeah. And And uh, you know who's doing really good this year as a rookie? LaMelo Ball. Playing really solid. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with his performance and Anthony Edwards. He's he's a beast, man. Love his game. You know, he brings that intensity, that grit, that grind. He he play. He reminds me of a Victor Oladipo where he slashes the lane and shoots that mid range. Yeah, you know. I agree. Yeah, but but uh, speaking of the uh, the ball, brother, Lonzo balls. Pelicans are very talented this season. How do you think Zion Williams is playing so far this season? Man, to be completely honest with you, bro.
1: Um if you're going off of numbers. Mm-hmm. And mind you, it's still early in the year. Mm-hmm. You know, but he is playing the same, bro. If you look at the numbers, I looked up the numbers earlier. Mm-hmm. Bro, he's um he played better. He's playing he shot he's shooting a better shooting percentage last year
0: mm-hmm. than he is this year.
1: Mm-hmm. He's averaging more mm-hmm. than he and he's averaging more points last uh last year than he was this year. He's playing more minutes too. If you're playing more minutes, you need to add more buckets.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But like I said, it's still early. With Zion he's still playing really well. I'm not gonna take that away from him.
0: Yeah, Zion Williams is playing really well, love his talent. Love that Pelicans talent too. Lonzo of ball, Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, man, talented. You know, when he was on Lakers, I knew he was gonna be this talented. You know, but LeBron's there. They couldn't match, so we shipped him off to the Pelicans for AD. No, I would do that. T- yeah, I would do 10 times out of 10, you know. Every time I play like Brandon Ingram for AD. AD is the most dominant power forward in the game, in my personal opinion. But what i huh? yeah, Brandon Ingram is very talented. But overall, there's going to be a point eventually where the Pelicans are going to have to say, who do you want to build around? Like, one of them one of them is probably going to get traded in the near future, like 10, five years down the road, Brandon Ingram Zion. You know who would you rather build around? Yeah. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Backed also, up. yeah, lost Alonzo. Also, Alonzo Ball. He's talented. His jumper's getting better. You know, yeah. and him getting traded from LA was a good thing for him because his dad kept talking. Oh, my son's the best player in the league. My son's gonna beat Stephen Curry up. And you know what Patrick Beverly said? Let me guard him fifty feet. You didn't even let him get in the breathing room. He had a horrible first game. You know, hey, it's, this is a, a Clipper fan. He's a big time Clipper fan. Clipper Darrow. How we Clipper Darrow, how we lost our mind. Tell us right now. What did we say? Clipper Darrow, what up? Yeah, he's a big time Clipper fan, but he likes the Lakers on the side. Uh, <laughs> but shout out to my boy. Uh... My
1: I'm keeping it yeah. on the show.
0: Yeah, you already know. Hey Clipper Darrow, do you want to pop in? And have your piece? Well, put the link. Put a uh, thumbs up if you want Clipper Darryl in the comments, man, to come live. And if you have questions for Tyler Guy, put them in the comments and we'll read them to you guys. But yeah, man, overall, oh, he said never that. You know what? Oh, okay. He's not a Laker fan, but your Instagram makes it seem like it is. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah. uh, that's, that's my boy Clipper Darrow man. We go back and forth. And this, he was supposed to wear my Big Baby jersey because I got a custom Big Baby jersey that says Big Baby on the back. I should have brought it for the show. Um, no, nah, I gotta got to clean it. Steaming right. stuff, but um, we had a bet. If the Lakers won a championship, he has to wear my big baby Jonathan jersey for a whole week on his Instagram profile and everything. And then if the Clippers would have won a championship. I would have to rock his Clipper jersey, so you know.
1: You rock that, uh, jersey. Well, no, you
0: know, you're not gonna win anyway. No, it's um, no. Nah, I if the Clippers would have won a championship, I would have paid the bet, you know. But Clipper is hiding, you know. <laughs> you know, he said I want to see him freestyle. Tyler, guy you want freestyle? Yeah, I freestyle. Go ahead. You gotta have
1: the you gotta have the big box for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the girl. You know me. I, I fly like a feral. And we talking about liquor. Time the guy blank. got a type of fakers. Yeah, you know I like, that cancer. I got a guy I've been in a little pain
0: on you know, a dancer. Man, I can't, I can't freestyle right now, bro. I'm going to say it. That's shit was ass. Yeah, that's shit was that. <laughs> <laughs> we keep it right. Hey, what up, Manny? What's good, man? And me and Manny have our own show along with my boy, Aaron. We're going to be doing the show tonight at 9.30 p.m. West Coast time. So, Manny, I didn't forget about you. Sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, hey, Clipper Darrell, man. Um, appreciate the words of encouragement on text, man. You know, it's my first podcast since... Keep it real. I always keep it real on my channel. Since my dad passed away, it's unfortunate, but just like Nipsey Hussle always says, marathon continues, and just like my dad always tells me, keep pushing. If anything ever happened to me, keep pushing for it. I always remember that. And here's the other thing too. I'm a Denver Broncos fan now in honor of my dad. You know, so 100%. dad, I love you. I know you're watching over me, man. You know, I'll see you soon. One hundred percent. You know, and Tyler guy. When, in 2021, where do you see yourself at the end of 2021?
1: 2021, at the end of 2021, I see myself, bruh, uh, living in the city in downtown Atlanta, or having a a, a, a brand new, a big, a way bigger place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, getting my new car. Mm-hmm. I want to get a Tesla or a G wagon or something like that. Uh, hopefully by the end of the year if it's a deal that I want you know for music uh I'm going to sign in 2021 if mm-hmm. it's a deal that is that suits me how I want it um and you know me and my girl's couples channel bro if my music if my music just goes berserk bro mm-hmm. like berserk I probably post on my YouTube channel like 3 days a week and because I'm to always do YouTube, but I'll probably be on my couple's channel with me and my girl. So we got a lot of stuff to really be focused towards towards 2021, man.
0: Yeah, for me, man, my goal into 2021 is to um, have this podcasting platform up there, which I see it. I visualized it. You know, visualizing is always good. I even Nipsey has always said visualize everything. He visualized him becoming the biggest rapper in L. A. and started to take shape. You know, and I see that with my podcast. You know, when I first start out, I'm going to keep it real, I was ass. I'm going to keep it 100 straight real, I was ass. You know, but I just visualized myself having fans, having good feedback, having interaction with fans. You know, people hit me up, boy, oh, you want to call my channel, and it's starting to take shape, man. And before 2021 is over, man, my goal is to have the best podcast on YouTube. Hell yeah, man. And it's going to get there, man, because I see it. I know it you know, Marathon continues, and, uh, you know, shout out to Clip Darrow, man. Believe, yep, you already know the vibes, you know. Speaking into existence. Just like Le- uh, Levar, Ball's- LeVar Ball spoke his sons going to the NBA. He preached it every day. And then their sons are in the NBA. So I preach. Me. My goal is to have the Lakers owner on this channel, Big Baby Sports, in a couple of years. I can see it. And that's going to be a legendary podcast for me. Because I worked hard. And I'm trying to still get Dwight Howard on my channel. You know? Bro, and I see- it's going to happen. happen. It's going to happen. Because I can see that vision. Mm-hmm. You got to see the vision. Vision. You know, I know, but Ty the guy, go ahead and give out your social media so they can follow you and tell them about your stream on Twitch. Bet, man. Everybody,
1: thank you for listening to the podcast, watching the podcast. I love Big Baby Jonathan, bro. He got my support, man. Uh, if you guys want, you can follow me. Well, there ain't no one. I ain't giving you no choice. Follow me on Instagram, tie the guy, YouTube, Ty the guy, TikTok, tie the guy. Uh, a couple channels, Ty and Desk. We got a lot. Man, I got a lot of you following me everywhere, man. But Ty to God, man. Yep,
0: you know that. You feel that? Five. Vibe. Appreciate you, Ty. 100. Appreciate it, bro. Peace out. Hello and welcome everybody to Big Baby Sports. I'm Big Baby Jonathan here, the host of today's show. i got a very special guest, former NBA player Ronnie Brewer. Ronnie Brewer Jr., how's it going, man? Hope all is well with you and the family, man. How's your 2021 going so far?
2: Man, it's going great so far, man. Hopefully 2021 is be a lot better than 2020. So just trying to stay safe, healthy. My family's trying to stay safe and healthy and trying to just get through this is the best way possible.
0: Yeah, man, same here, But Unfortunately, my 2021 hasn't been going too well. You know, lost my dad right when 2021 hit. So it's still got to keep pushing through, man. Yeah, Just man. like you always told me. Anything ever happens to me, keep pushing forward. And I'm
2: sorry, sorry to hear that, man. And prayers for you and your family.
0: Appreciate it. You know, in today's show, we're going to talk about um, the Lakers, your experience with the Utah Jazz, what was it was like being played with Jerry Sloan. But first, what was it like being in the NBA overall? Man, it was the dream come true. Um,
2: you know, I'm being from Fayetteville, Arkansas, we don't have an NBA team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the thing that I looked up to was the Arkansas Razorbacks. That was mm-hmm. the pinnacle to me um, and, and my peers. So, um, being able to get drafted after going to college at Arkansas for three years by the Jazz was a dream come true. Getting to play against some of my childhood role models, my idols, uh, was great. Um, it was kind of an eye opener to, to, to go against those guys. But, and it was just a blessing to be in the NBA and to be able to compete against those guys night in, night out.
0: Yeah, man, I love, I love what you did on the, the court, man, each and every night, man. And uh, your father also went to the same college as you. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, man, uh, you know, you know, my dad went to the University of Arkansas where he played basketball. He was an All-American. My mom went to the University of Arkansas. She played basketball. My sister Alicia went to the University of Arkansas ran track where she was an All-American. So uh, the bloodline was there. Uh, my parents and my family kind of wanted me to go there, but I still had options. You know, Kansas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Florida, UConn, uh, to name a few, uh, who's you know kind of caught my eye. But you know, when it all came down to it, I, I felt like Arkansas was the best place for me. Um, had a great career here, played for for Stan Heath, um, built some long, long-lasting relationships with with some, some teammates. So, um, you know, I love playing there and. I didn't feel like there was any additional pressure that my dad went to um, Arkansas and had so much success. I just was able to come in and be myself and, you know, play hard and things just fell in place for me.
0: Yeah, man. And uh, also, too, man, did you and your dad ever have those competitive practices? Uh, When I was
2: young, yeah. Um, You know, almost my entire life, my childhood, at least, my dad was bigger than me. My sister was bigger than me. Everybody in my family was taller than me. It wasn't until I was a sophomore mm-hmm. um, in high school where I actually hit a growth spurt. I was about 5'8 in ninth grade. That summer came along. I went from 5'8 to 6'4 in one summer. And then when mm-hmm. school started in August, um, the first couple months uh, of school, I went from 6'4 to 6'7. So in almost less than a year, I went from 5'8 to 6'7. So once I made that growth burden and kind of got out of the state, my bad kind of was like a – probably – Probably time not to play one-on-one anymore because I was a little bit bigger and stronger and more athletic than he was.
0: Okay, yeah. It's, you know, competitive basketball is always fun, man. But speaking of competitive basketball, man, who was the toughest player that you had to guard in the NBA? Shooting guards, small yeah. forward, man. tell us. That's tough because I had the unfortunate assignment each and every
2: night to, to, to guard probably the best player on the floor. Um, you know, for the longest, it was Kobe Bryant, um And, you know, he was great with all the things that he did. And, you know, he was so skillful. Denver score on three levels mm-hmm. was tremendous. Uh, Tracy McGrady is another mm-hmm. guy. Vince Carter was another guy. Um, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony. Um, you know, a lot of people don't give this guy a lot of credit or the credit he deserves. Gilbert Arenas, um, you know, he, he, he scored a lot of points. Michael Red scored a lot of points. Um, you know, it, it's just so many talented guys that are in the NBA who can all score the basketball at a, at a prolific clip. That you know, if I got to get on, it might be a long night for you. So, uh, Kobe was one of the greatest I've ever played against. Um, his footwork was, you know, out of this world, and you know, it felt like as he got older in his career, he knew as he wasn't as athletic. I think he became more skillful and molded his game even more. So. You um, know, I, I love those competitive c- competitive games that we had against each other. Um, and you know, God rest his soul.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, uh, Kobe Bryant, man, R. P. to a legend, man. But speaking of Kobe, man, we gotta dive into it, man. Give me your your best Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant moment. Um, man,
2: I <laughs> I always tell people this story because it was kind of like a welcome to the NBA for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, playing for Coach Sloan, he wasn't high on playing rookies he mm-hmm. kind of made it seem like you, you needed to earn the minutes um and, and and i was okay with that i was okay with you know earning your minutes but you know, if i'm putting in the work and practice in the weight room film sessions you know i feel like i deserve to play and it kind of was like you know whenever i feel like your timing is right i'm gonna put you in there so mm-hmm. we were at the staples center um <laughs> uh kobe has 30 points um like going into halftime, and uh, you know, myself, Paul Millsap, D. Brown, were the rookies on the team that year, we're sitting at the end of the bench together. Like, guys, we're watching a clinic. We're watching one of the best of all, the best to ever do it, uh, one of the greatest of all times um, in our in our uh, age of basketball. Um, you know, this is this is you know a one in a lifetime opportunity. We got the best seats in the house. We got floor seats. Um, and we thought in our mind, like, we're not getting in the game because not getting not play rookies. Mm-hmm. So we we go to the halftime. Kobe's got 30. You know, Coach Sloan's in there, you know, slamming down his cl- clipboard. He's screaming, you know, are y'all are y'all scared of Kobe Bryant? Like, he's just a man. Like, you know, who's going to take the challenge? And you know, he's going down the line. I'm like You're scared of him. You're scared of him. You're scared of him. He gets to me. He was like, I know you're scared of him. And I was like, Coach, you know, I'm not really scared of any man, but mm-hmm. God – but I respect him, uh, you know. Um, but he puts on his, his jersey just like I put on mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm not scared of him. I respect him though. So he goes, "Okay, well, you're gonna start the second half." And I was like, "Wait, what?" And you know, Damn. I was I was like in shock and in awe, and you know, and I was confident about it. But mm-hmm. you know, if if, if you play the sport and you got 30 points going into a, a halftime you think that you're going to go for 60 or 70. And my mind, mean, we did go for 81. So anything is possible. So uh, I just played as hard as I possibly can. And fortunately enough for me, he didn't get 60 or 70 points, um, but I competed my butt off. And after the game, you know, he came over and patted me on the butt and was like, Hey young fella, man, I love your competitive nature. You never gave up. You never stopped competing. And he's like, man, you're, you're going to have a long career in this league. And I was like, man, I really appreciate that, man, because mm-hmm. You hear all those horror stories of people trying to talk trash or trash-talk him, and mm-hmm. he goes to 50 or 60. And I and I literally was like, man, I'm not going to say a word for him. I'm just going to play hard. And he he took notice of that, and he respected it, and, and he let me know. So that was my greatest moment of one of my idols uh, going you know head-to-head with
0: him. Yeah, one of my favorite calling moments, man, was the 81 and getting revenge on Boston in 2010. But, man, yeah. you and Lakers and Jazz had that tough competitive uh, rival in the playoffs. Man, you would always – Kill my Lakers, man. Yeah. And, like, that game four, game five, you'll be hitting clutch shots. You know, it was a competitive battle, man. It was very competitive that you guys played. Yeah, man. It's
2: We always – I mean, I have a pretty good relationship with a lot of the guys that I played with. And mm-hmm. we always say, man, what if, 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 if we went, went to the East? What if, what if um, you know, they didn't make trades uh, to, to put them over that hump? Um, you know, we, we made it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, and lost one year um, against the Spurs. And then every other time we lost to the Lakers, and and they went on to win a couple of championships and play in the finals. So, you know, very competitive games. Some of the best moments in my my NBA career was, you know, being on that big stage uh, against a, a premier name like Kobe Bryant. So it's something I can tell my friends and my family and my kids that, you know, um, you know, your dad got to play against one of the greatest of all time.
0: Yeah man, Kobe's the greatest of all time, and I have a story too about Kobe. He followed me on Twitter, mm-hmm. and he we DM'd each other, and then I was he Steve Blake at a game winner. I was like Steve Blake, let's go. And he's like White Mamba, LOL. And then just also too, he followed me on Instagram too. So it's like never thought Kobe Bryant would follow me on any type of social media. So it's mm-hmm. kind of that's kind of cool. I have that like oh Kobe Bryant followed me on Twitter and Instagram. So it's kind of cool, you know. But you know it's unfortunate he's not here no more, man. He'll be yeah. missed tremendously. It's coming up his one-year anniversary man it's 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 sad you know to this day
2: yeah man i i remember exactly where i was um you know we we it was actually a big day for us because um we had the legendary nolan richardson coming to our school to speak Mm -hmm. to our basketball team Mm
0: -hmm.
2: so i'd set it up that nolan richardson was going to come in and speak to our guys and you know he's such such a motivational speaker one of the best to do it um and always been a, a, a huge fan of Nolan Richardson and all he's done for, you know, basketball and the University of Arkansas. Um, and kind of was, was a legend around here for for young student athletes who wanted to to play basketball. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, Arkansas was the, the mountaintop to, to, to anything. We, we didn't have an NBA team here, so really wanted to be a Razorback. Um, and, you know, I get a, my my phone keeps on buzzing as I'm waiting for him to, to pull into the parking lot. And
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'm like, man, you know, it was a text message and notifications. So I knew it wasn't Nolan Richardson calling me. So mm-hmm. because I knew when Coach Richardson got into the parking lot, he was going to call me and mm-hmm. I was going to be able to open the door. And I was so anxious and excited about that. And then I finally took a look down at my phone and got to see text messages and breaking news and I was like literally these people are sick and playing a, a crazy joke because you know this is not happening to Kobe Bryant and, and then actually the, the the confirmed news was a pretty tough day for all fans Laker fans, NBA fans and, and people um, in general because of, of what kind of person Kobe Bryant was and what kind of dad he was to his, his, his daughter and, and, and to his family so it was tough and and, and it, that it made you want to you know Give an extra hug or send a text message to a loved one to, to let them know that you really appreciate everything they do.
0: Yeah, man. For me, man, I was actually helping my mom move into her new office. She works. She's a therapist. So I was helping her move. And I got the notification from Team Z. Cody Brent died in a plane crash. I'm just staring at it. And I showed my cousin. Cousin's like, I showed him. He just slaps the phone out of my hand. Said, don't show me that, man. Showed him again. And he takes my phone and throws it. He's like, no, nah, I don't believe you. And once Wardzanowski confirmed it, man, I was just like, I fell to my knees, man. Because Kobe's a big inspiration to me on my podcasting platform, the Big Baby Sports, man. I'd always, every time I do a podcast, I look at film, okay, what can I do to get better? What, mm-hmm. what can I do to improve? Like, after this podcast, I'm going to watch it. What can I do to get better? You know, and Kobe inspired me a lot. And that really touched me, hurt me a lot. You know, I just, it was just an unfortunate day. Yeah, man.
2: It's, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, it does come, you don't know when it's coming but. You know, when you have stuff like that that's so unexpected, you know, I it, think it, it, it's an extra jab in you a little bit. And for me, it was, you know, Kobe and then Coach Sloan mm-hmm. and had family members. I was like, man, just, you know, this is not my year. Man. Yeah. And for me, you know, I had, to, I had to stop myself and was like, man, you can't get down because, you know, God has blessed you with the opportunity to, mm-hmm. to have that day,
3: mm-hmm. that
2: breath, that moment and mm-hmm. like You'll be selling yourself short if you don't make the most out of it, especially when a lot of people are not on this earth to be able to do the same exact thing.
0: Yeah, man. I um, you no, know, I wake up every day. God, thank you for waking up today. God watch over me, protect me, heal me, watch over my friends and family. I say that every day, you know? And um we gotta get into it, man. The big breaking news of yesterday, James Harden to Brooklyn. How do you think that's gonna work?
2: I I think it's gonna work out pretty well. Um I, I feel like the trump card in this is Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and you know to me Kevin Durant is the alpha dog mm-hmm. and i think that he's going to demand um it to work i'm going mm-hmm. i think he's going to demand for guys to be accountable on both ends to mm-hmm. defend
0: mm-hmm.
2: to move the basketball on offense uh and i and i think like people people assume that James Harden is going to dribble the ball to death, and he's not going to pass the basketball. But if you're if you really watch James Harden, and you look at statistics, like yes, he scores a lot of points, but he facilitates for others as well. Mm-hmm. And I think adding James Harden makes it easier on Kyrie and Kevin Durant where they don't have to work as hard to to get that twenty or thirty points that they're seeking each and every night. I think that you know, however however you slice it, you put the best defender on. Whoever it is, Kevin Durant, the second best defender on Kyrie or James Harden, or, or, or vice versa, and the third best defender on the next person. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to have a mismatch because a lot of NBA teams do not have three lockdown defenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be a mismatch. I think that who's going to benefit the most out of this is going to be those role players. I think DeAndre Jordan's going to get a lot of love to guard him. Harris mm. is going to get a lot of wide open shots and I think it makes those guys look like perennial off-stars because of so much attention that the big 3 is going to get from Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, man, that Brooklyn Nets trade man, it's going to be it's going to be for me it's going to be interesting because I feel like the only team that can match up well with the Brooklyn Nets is the Lakers. We got AD, LeBron. We got um Morris, we got guys that can switch all positions, Caruso can switch. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, AD can guard KD, LeBron can guard James Harden, so you're going to see a bunch of switching. You're going to see a bunch of switching with this Laker. you got KCP, very underrated defender, you mm-hmm. know. So we're going to see, man. And a lot of people around the media are already picking Brooklyn to win the finals. You know, yeah. you know, Yeah. I know they got together, but you have to have chemistry. chemistry Absolutely. And if, you have, if you don't have chemistry, it's not going to work. Just like my Lakers when we had Dwight Howard, Pau Gasol, Steve Nash, Ron Test, they didn't have that chemistry from the start, and they showed on the court. Absolutely. And, I, and uh, you can't really like, and and I
2: know LeBron hears all the noise. You can't un- uncrown the team and beat them in the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. you can't say, oh, they're favored to win it all without beating the team that won it all. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the Lakers got a lot of depth. They added some really good pieces. And right now, they're building great team chemistry Mm -hmm. and you know when it comes to the playoffs i i I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to be rolling um the only question is is Brooklyn going to be at that same level of coming together as a team team camaraderie Mm -hmm. the chemistry sharing the basketball on on the offensive end, um buying in on the defensive end and in in, and what is the rotation going to be um as far as conserving guys legs minutes and the role players, are they gonna be able to, you know, be able to knock down the shots in the crunch time and defend guys in the crunch time as well?
0: Yeah, man, it's gonna be a crazy, crazy um regular season, man. You know what I mean? But uh Ronnie Brewer, man, go ahead and give out your social media so they can follow you, man. Man, uh
2: mine's pretty simple. It's you know, Ronnie Brewer Junior on everything. Mm-hmm. Uh it's you go on Facebook, you go on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, uh, Ronnie Brewer Junior eleven on Instagram, Ronnie Brewer Junior on Twitter, uh, and just Ronnie Brewer on Facebook. So, man, follow me. Uh, I mean, you can basically see what I'm doing these days. You know, uh, yeah, I show a lot of love to my my team that I coach, mm-hmm. um, and I in all all sports. So, you know, look me up, give me a shout out, or whatever. So, all right. thank you, you for
0: taking thank you for taking the time on your busy schedule. Make sure you guys tune in to tomorrow night's. Likers Live pregame show with me, Aaron, and Manny at 5 o'clock PM West Coast time. Thank you so much, Ronnie. Appreciate hey, thank it. You. Yep. With the
3: best. Welcome to the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast. Oh, it's smoking hot. The latest Laker news. Another great showtime feed. The greatest Lakers show. This is gonna be legendary for a long this is the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast.
0: Lakers all day. Go Lakers! Hello and welcome everybody to Big Baby Sports. I'm Big Baby Jonathan. Very good, very special guest here today, Lakers silent reporter Mike Trudeau. Mike Trudeau, thank you so much for coming on on this Sunday morning. How you doing, man? Hope all is well with you and the family.
3: It's my pleasure to be here, man. Uh, it's
0: good to see you and uh, hope all is well with you, too. Yeah, everything's going well with me, man. Um, we're just gonna get into some Laker talk. But before we get into Laker talk, tell us a little bit about your background history. I know you graduated in 2004, School of Journalism. Tell us a little bit about that before you pursued journalism. Like, what made you pursue journalism in in college?
3: You know, it's funny that I think the first time I got hooked on sports and in the NBA, especially, I was a kid of the '80s. So Michael Jordan, he was the thing. You know, it was uh, it was everything about him. Even before he won the championships, the shoes, the Um, the shaved head, just the look, the feel, the scoring dominance, the, uh, defense, there's something about his personality, um, on and off the court that I just got hooked on watching hoops. And so, especially once the Bulls started to make their runs in the nineties, I was watching every game. And I also loved the broadcast side of things. So I loved Bob passes. I loved Marv Albert. And that was kind of my first entry into, into where I, I ultimately wanted to be with sports. And then I grew up in Minnesota, so I, I the Timberwolves started eventually. Uh, and the Minnesota Twins won the World Series in 1987 and 1991. You know, so I kind of I I really liked all sports, but there's always been this special connection with the NBA. And so as I was growing up, I thought, you know what, I think that I could study this and follow a path towards journalism, towards broadcasting, and that's ultimately what led me. To Northwestern and the journalism school there, and you know, kind of from that point on, I, I just found a way to stay in the sports world.
0: Yeah, I know you were. I know I saw. I know you worked for Minnesota website. Like, tell us a little bit. Like, what was the day to day process working for the Minnesota Timberwolves? Like, did you have to prepare before every game before the game, two days before the game? Tell us a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, so when I started working for the Timberwolves, I, the way that I treated that job was was as if I was covering the team. For the team, just like somebody else who worked, whether it was for ESPN or a local newspaper or a local radio station, a local TV station. So I, I wanted to try to fuse all of those things. So I did podcasts. I did feature stories. I did blog posts. I did game stories. Uh, I did video and live updates and interviews. So just anything that I could think of that would be covered in the media. And since at the time, especially, there weren't many people working for teams on the content side. And so I just kind of tried to one-man bandit. And I, I did have some, some really good people I was working with as well, but that was the idea. And I, I was able to do that for a couple of years. And then uh, two years after that, so this was '06 to '08, And then in 2008, the Lakers wanted to hire a position that was similar to what I was doing in Minnesota. And it just kind of worked out that there was mutual interest and I've been here since.
0: That's good, man. You do, you do a great job what you do, man. And uh, we're going to get into some questions real quick. Um who was your first interview when you first got hired by the Lakers? Do you remember, who was your, what was the first player that you interviewed as a Lakers sideline reporter?
3: Wow. So I didn't start doing the sideline reporting until uh, 2011. So that was the last year that the team split. They had their road games still on KCAL and the home games on Fox. And so I did the road games. Uh, this was after John Ireland took the play-by-play job. And that was enjoyable. Uh, I really loved doing it. But I had, I had already been doing the Lakers.com reporting stuff for a few years before that. And so in terms of my first interview, I think that – so I came I came right after media day on uh, October in October of 2008. And so if you recall, the Lakers, of course, had just lost in the finals to the Celtics. But mm. I felt like they had the best team coming back. They were getting Bynum back healthy. They were getting the Riza back healthy. Kobe was at his peak. You had Paul Gasol, um, who was right, right about getting to his peak. Lamar Odom. You know, it was, it was such a squad. So it was just daily interviews uh, with with everybody. It was Phil Jackson. It was Kobe. It was Powell. In terms of the first one-on-one sit-down that I did, I'm not sure. It may have been Lamar Odom. Uh, it may have been Jordan Farmar or Derek Fisher or one of those guys. But yeah, I, I'd have to I'd have to go back into the archives, big baby, to figure that out mm-hmm. specifically. But it was it was one of those dudes.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good, man. You know, I, I like what you do on the sideline, and um, Spectrum Sportsnet, and ESPN, and all that good stuff, but now let's get into some Laker talk, man. You know, the Lakers won on Friday night versus the Indiana Pacers. Like, overall, how do you think this team is going to finish the season, and how do you think that um, the all-star break, in, like, overall, the impact of the Lakers having that all-star break, do you think it's going to benefit them from taking that, like, five- to six-day break? Yeah, I mean, I
3: think for sure it's going to be beneficial and, you know, realistically for everybody other than LeBron, they got a good eight days of just Mm -hmm. getting away from the game, getting out of the facility, trying to clear their heads. And it depends on which guy it is, right? So Caruso said he just needed four to five days and then he was kind of ready to go. And then there were other guys that probably needed that full time. We know that LeBron had the all-star game and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as big of an ask as usual. But he still had to fly across the country. He still had to get his body at least ready to start the game and to play 12 minutes at that pace. You know. So he didn't get as much of a break. But I do think that you saw a bit better in terms of energy when they came out against Indiana. But Indiana had really good energy too. And that, that's the thing you always have to remember, that sometimes it's, yes, it's good for a team to get a break. But if the other teams are as well, they're always going to give the Lakers their best shot. And that to me is kind of what happened. You saw Indiana come out and play really well. And in fact, Big Baby, last night, Indiana went into Phoenix, you know, who, who's who been, uh, you know, winning a ton of games lately. So uh, that team, I think, is, is playing a little better. They just got Karis Levert back. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, long story longer to get into what I think is going to happen for the Lakers. They just need to keep treading water here. The schedule isn't as difficult in March as it's going to be moving forward. Gasol's still out. AD's going to still be out for at least two weeks. Caruso, we know. Um, It's going to be – well, I guess we don't know for sure, but we're assuming, Big Baby, that he's going to be out the next game. Uh, Just thinking about being in the concussion protocol. Hopefully he comes uh, – hopefully he's good. Hopefully he's fine. We're certainly wishing him the best. But uh, we're – you know, they're shorthanded, right? So they need to use that depth. They need to um, have other guys step up in the way that Kyle Kuzma did against the Pacers, and they should be just fine if they do that.
0: Yeah, most definitely, man. Um, Lakers. What do you think, though? What do you think, Big Baby? what What do you think? What do you think? Overall, about the team, yeah, what are you expecting? About, I expect Lakers to come out like they normally do, play with that passion, hustle, grit, grind. I love the energy, what they did against Indiana. You know, they turned it up defensively, offensively. You know, and I expect Lakers to repeat as champions, in my personal opinion. You know, we got put in the Lakers, gotta go out there, put in hard work, and I expect them to. And LeBron's highest level. I feel like, in my personal opinion, he's a favorite to win MVP. You know, and what he's able yeah, to do agreed. at this age. At yep. his age, plan, you know, and he only missed one game. We know the game against Sacramento, you know. So it's it's just it, right. really really cool to see LeBron doing this thing, you know. ADs won't come back do his thing because AD. We need to healthy Anthony Davis. In my reading 100 actually 110 percent Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis defense and offense works works well with LeBron. I'm very excited to see Anthony Davis back. I'm also excited to see this the team just get a little bit more healthier.
3: For the playoff push, for sure, for sure, yeah, man, Uh, it
0: makes a lot of sense. And that health is always going to be
3: important. Like there aren't that many teams in NBA history that have won the title that have had a key player injured. It just doesn't happen, right? Because the next team always has is always is always there, is always ready to take advantage to capitalize. So getting Davis particularly, getting him particularly back, is going to be a major major key as they try to make a run here.
0: Yeah, and. Speaking of Anthony Davis, man, um, what do you you see from him from the bubble till now? Do you think it's the NBA Finals Championship, a little bit of a hangover kind of? What do you see from a different Anthony Davis this season to last season?
3: Yeah, I think think it's really as simple as what you just said. I I think that he was just tired, uh, like all these guys. And maybe the difference is from somebody like AD and LeBron is that LeBron has been through going to the finals and then having to get himself ready for that next season again. And AD just hadn't been through it. Uh, so I think that moving forward in his career, um, that would be something he would understand a bit better. But, but let's even give him the benefit of the doubt by saying they only had 71 days. And mm-hmm. that right there, it, it, for somebody that A, hasn't been through it before, and that B, has to somehow get, uh, get their body going, and then C, doesn't have any fans, that to me is the thing that probably isn't talked about enough this season, uh, Big Baby, with how much energy the Lakers get from their home crowd especially all the way from the 300 level down to the courtside seats. Like, that's something that they really thrive off. And they need that because they're getting, by being the Lakers, especially when they have LeBron James, when you have Anthony Davis, they're getting the other team's A game. Like, they are getting that other team is excited to be in L.A. They're excited to be on the court against LeBron. Uh, They're going to play better than they might play against uh, some other franchises that haven't had that level uh, of success or don't have that, you know, kind of that, that history, right, behind them. And it requires a lot more energy, and I think that that right there made it real difficult on AD. And so all that did, though, look, maybe it moved him from top five last year, right, All-NBA first team, to, like, All-NBA second team. You know, it's not like he fell that many spots. Even when he wasn't playing at his best, uh, as we saw in the bubble, he's still an an incredible two-way player. Where you know he was just overwhelming team, so I think that he will get back to the Anthony Davis that we saw last season. I think that he was already building up to that, and then that's one way, hopefully at least, that we can look at this as a bright spot if AD does indeed get fully healthy, which we expect him to. That he's had a month or so to get the rest of his body right as well. You know, he's had a he's had that extra. I don't want to call it rest because he's been working. You know, he's been lifting, he's been trying to get conditioned. But I do I do think that's a that hopefully is something that can help him moving forward.
0: Yeah, man, because Anthony Davis is a talented player. You know, I like his game, his post up, his mid range jumper, his defense, man. His defense is really good because he can guard like a Jokic versus Denver guard, Kevin Durant, because we're potentially gonna be playing them in the finals and some other teams down the road. But Anthony Davis' defense, man, is is really great. You know, I feel like he should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year, in my personal opinion, but. It is what it is, and actually, I feel like that motivated Anthony Davis. You know, LeBron not winning MVP last season, and Anthony Davis not winning any awards, and then he's like, "Okay, I'm not gonna win any awards. I'm gonna show you when the play I'm gonna turn up." So that's what he did. That's how. That's how I feel like Anthony Davis took that approach. He didn't win any defense Player of the Year, and he took us. He looked at, "Okay, you want to win defense Player? It's all good. I'll just win a championship." You know what I mean? He, he took that Kobe Bryant mentality. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do. I I think. I think that all year long, LeBron and AD, because they were in the, you know. Everybody was mentioning them for those awards, even before the season started. I think that they had the big goal of winning the title, but you can you know—you're not lying. There's something about watching somebody else, and in this case, a great player in Giannis, right? It, it, there's no—you uh, know—I'm not complaining that Giannis won both. Um, I, I do think that LeBron and AD had a better overall seasons, including what they did for the team uh, and what the likely outcome of the season was. And sure, you could say that Giannis didn't have as much help since he didn't have number two um, like AD in LeBron's case, but where he really ended up winning those awards was the defensive metrics and the advanced stats and the efficiency rating and you know, like that that stuff to me was a bit more of a beneficiary or was a bit more of a benefit from Milwaukee because they were able to beat so many Eastern Conference teams by a lot. And when, you, when you're when you winning games against the Knicks last year or the Cavs last year by 23 points, that was, a, I thought, what would ultimately push that net rating. And Giannis does get some credit for it, too, because he plays so hard every night that he's maximizing what that score different, differential is going to be. Meanwhile, with the Lakers, I think what they were doing was, was ensuring that they were winning games, but they weren't always going to have the throttle down in the fourth quarter because they knew that they were going to need some of that once they got to the postseason. And by the time Milwaukee got to the postseason, they didn't really have that extra gear to go to. And I think that's part of why Miami beat them. Well, the Lakers did. The Lakers did have that extra gear because LeBron and AD had been, I thought, just a a bit more effectively managing the regular season. And that's the kind of thing that I think should get counted in an MVP debate, in a a Defensive Player of the Year debate. Because even though people want to say that it's about that regular season alone, I don't quite subscribe to that, big baby. I think that the whole point of basketball is to win the title. And so the regular season is preparation for the postseason. And mm-hmm. if you are if you are taking a bit off of your regular season numbers, whether it's minutes or production, but it's it's something that you then prove in the postseason was for a purpose that should be counted in for that type of thing. And, and that's just my take, at least. I know that's not how we vote on these things, but uh, I I am that, that's the way that I look at it. How, how about you?
0: Yeah, hundred percent agree with you, man. You know, just like you said. Regular season's preparation for the playoffs. Just like we see these teams around the NBA. You know? Clippers, they had, they're having great seasons. And then once they get to the playoffs, they don't, they don't know how to execute. You know, just like a couple of years ago. Atlanta Hawks had Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, Al Horford. Number one seed. Got bounced out in the first round. So, you have to prepare, execute in the playoffs. not the regular, You can have the best record in the whole NBA season in history. Get to the playoffs and lose. So, you know, I just feel like Lakers had more experience than any team last season. And I feel like those eight games in the bubble really helped the Lakers, you know, really get to where they need to get to to win the championship. That's how I feel because they didn't have any fans, you know, and I I know that a lot of Lakers fans are upset. Like, oh, we might not win a championship. And I said, I'm actually glad that the Lakers are going through the rough stretch in the bubble, those eight games, so we can learn, pick up off of it and keep it pushing the playoffs. And that's what we did. You know, I mean, a hundred percent agree with you on, on that take.
3: Yeah. The only reason they struggled in the, in those eight seeding games is because they had the number one seed locked up and they didn't have to win. That. And so they were using them as preseason. And I think that the rest of the folks in the bubble, for the most part, you know, not every team, but many teams in the bubble, either had to win those games or, you know, were really, really needed to uh, to secure their position in terms of seeding and such. So that was uh, to me what happened in that, look, the Lakers had one rough game, from a shooting perspective to start against Portland, and then they were off to the races. And the defense, by the way, was there from the start of that series. So, yeah, that, that, that's that's what happened, I thought, last year in the bubble as well.
0: Yeah, man, uh, it just feels good as a L- like Lakers fan watching the Lakers overall finally win the championship. You know, I know a lot of people say that it doesn't count. It counts to me as a fan. Since 2010, all those bad seasons that we went through with all the players that we had, and we finally won, it feels good, and we won it. And crazy 2020, man, with Kobe passing, the pandemic, all that. that I feel like, to me, that that's the, one of the greatest championships as a fan that I experienced. You know, what we've been through as a team. What do you think? What is, for you, what is the greatest championship, in your opinion, out of Lakers history, out of all the championships, out of the 17 championships?
3: Yeah, it's a tough call, right? They have so many great teams, so many legendary all-time teams. And... It's harder for me to speak to the ones that I wasn't there for. And so I was there, obviously, for 2009, 2010, and then last year. I get to see those in person. The 3 Pete I saw on television, right? I was in college at the time with the Kobe mm-hmm. Shock years. The Showtime Lakers, I was a kid. And so I, I was seeing you know some highlight clips here and there. But those games weren't even on live um, for that whole run. They mm-hmm. were by the end yeah. of it. And then you know, of course, you had the you had the Jerry West, Wilt, uh, Gail Goodrich year, uh, and like that that team and the winning streak, and you know finally getting over the the hump after so many years of not being able to clinch it in Los Angeles. If I so, if, I've asked this question before though to some people that would know even better than me, uh, you know Michael Thompson, Stu Lamper, those guys that have been there for the whole time, and I think that it it comes down to a debate between the. The best Showtime team, which some take your pick. Some say '86, some say eighty or I guess '86-'87 season, '87-'88. Take your pick between those two, and then the 2001 squad that went 15 and one in the postseason. And while I think that so the Kobe and Shaq run of dominance, like that 15 and one, only losing the one game to Allen Iverson in Game One with a tie loose stuff over, it's tough to go to, to take a. You know, to think of a more impressive postseason run than fifteen and one. Except that you consider that showtime team and just you know, magic at his peak, Kareem's still close to it, big game James, all of the great role players. i I might lean very slightly towards the best showtime team. I think they were helped by fewer teams in the league, right? There was more centralized talent and they just like the the Kobe Shaq Lakers, as great as they were. Uh, that was, I thought, more a testament to just Kobe and and Shaq being completely indestructible as the duo, and then they had a the whole supporting cast. Whereas, like the number three player on the Showtime Lakers, you know, being James Worthy, like that's that's pretty ridiculous. Like having a number one pick uh, as your third best player, and then you know, again, I mentioned all of the rest of those vets. So, it's a debate, though, uh, Jonathan, that could could be had for a long time. I think that last year's team. And this year's as well. Like, we have to see what happens, right? We have to see, is this going to be a run? Are, is it going to be – are they going to be able to uh, repeat? Uh, is it possible somehow that they repeat? Like, we, we don't – since we don't know that yet, I can't quite rank them historically. Um, but I will agree with what you said about it 100% canon. They absolutely earned it. There is no asterisk unless you want to say that it's one that makes it even a little bit tougher uh, to win in that climate. So, yeah, I, I don't think we can take anything away. I'm just I'm not ready to have the historical comparison yet for uh, that team with, you know, with the 01 team or with the best showtime team.
0: Yeah, 100% agree with you. I started watching Lakers in 2000, you know, Shaq, Kobe, you know, they're dominant, you know, and Shaq and Kobe always said best of the 1-2 greatest punch of all time. I that's a tough debate as well. And but yeah. the 2009-2010, there's so many great storage teams, you know, just like last year. they are going to be great 2020 this team potentially going to be great as well, you know, so far and so forth. You know, so I'm just really excited what they're going to do this second half of the season. I know we won against Indiana, and we got a game tomorrow versus Scone State. But, Mike Trudeau, thank you so much for coming on Big Baby Sports. Go ahead and tell the people where they can find you on social media.
3: Hey, man, don't worry about me. They know where to find me. I'm happy to be on your show, and uh, it's good talking to you. And I, I wish you the best, and we'll talk soon, all right?
0: I appreciate you, man. Take care. Yes, sir.